So it's funny that Barrett was talking this morning and Tyler and Alfred about your heart, what your heart says. That's what we're going to talk about today. So Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for allowing us to be able to come together to worship you, Father, to honor you, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you for your word that, you, that you're giving us, Father, that it's your words that come out and not mine. But everything is from you and brings you glory, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can sit. It's funny that what he has put on me, because this is something that I've really needed to work on. So whenever he kind of gave it to me, I was like, you want me to you want me to speak about that, and I'm still trying to fix it. So this is not just for y'all. This is, <clears throat> there's, there's going to be a lot of revelation received during this, not just, but on this side of it too. Um, but what I was going to talk about is, is compassion. You know, I think sometimes we forget that. We, we're looking at the finance, but when we forget one of the key points, the key points that we were given and that he showed was compassion. He had compassion for everybody. But compassion is not just a feeling. A lot of times we think compassion, well, I feel sorry for this person I'm showing. No, compassion is an action. You, it's just like faith. You have to have works with it. You have to put it to work. So when we look at compassion, the definition tells us sympathy and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes for others. It's the concerns for the sufferings and misfortunes of others. This is not what we're called to be as Christians, is to, to not look at where somebody's at and see them as lost and hopeless. We look at them and we're supposed to reach the hand down to pull them up, to show them where they're called to be, where they're called to walk, what they're called to have. Yeah. But I think What's happened to the world is a lot of times we get so caught up in the title of Christians, but we are looking in the mirror. We're not looking out. We're concerned with ourselves, where we're going. That is not what he did. He knew who he was. He knew who he was called, what he was called to do, and he looked at the world. He didn't come just for me or for you. He came for the whole entire world. He put his feelings and concerns aside and showed sympathy for us when we were people that we don't deserve what he's given us. I'll go ahead and tell you firsthand, I don't. <coughs> There's been several times, several times I should not be breathing. And where I was at in my life, I was not exactly where I needed to be with him. So, so we can actually replace the word compassion with mercy. The De De definition of mercy is compassion, an event to be grateful for, especially because its occurrence prevents something unpleasant or provides relief from the suffering. How many times have we received mercy? Has he shown us mercy? At a younger age, I felt like I was called to preach. I got in a disagreement with the pastor, and I ran. And then I was one of those people that looked and I watched people like Joel Olstein, Benny Hens, like, oh, that's a joke. They're just trying to get their pockets rich, da da da, da. 
that's not what we're supposed to do. So in that moment, I'm not having compassion. I'm, I'm looking at where they're at with my, I, my physical eyes and not paying attention to where they're going. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, but I'm not, what, what happens is we're not seeing their heart. We're just, we're looking at their bank accounts. We're looking at their possessions, but we're not looking at what they're doing with those possessions. We think, oh, well, if I had that money, why don't you have that money? I know this is the reason, this is one of those points that I'm trying to get to myself. Because our faith ain't there. Our faith is not where it needs to be. And if it is, then I need, we need to switch spots because I need to receive something because I'm not, I'm not in that level. I think we can all say we're not. But we're going to that level. We're called to be at that level. But first what we got to do is we got to have a heart change. We got to get down to the roots of what he's called us to do. And that's to show compassion. We see it all over the word where he, he mentions where Jesus had compassion. And then some of these instances where he showed compassion, I know I have been in those situations and I have came up with every excuse in the book that he could have had. But he put aside his concerns because his concerns for us were bigger than himself. He knew the mission was bigger than him. I've been guilty of not realizing that. So turn, turn to Matthew 14, starting at verse says, now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. He went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them and healed their sick. He just found out John, who meant so much to him, had been beheaded. He wanted to be by himself. He separated himself, but the people were hungry for what he had. They followed him. He had compassion. He could have, he had every right to say, can you not see that I want to be alone? I'm in a moment of grief right now. I want to be by myself. Have I not done enough for you? I've healed you. I've healed your people. I've brought you life. Can I not have one moment to myself? But he didn't. Well, I've had a bad week. It's been a rough week. You know, I've I've been, I've worked 60 hours this week. You know, nothing's went right at the house. You know, I haven't even got a bite to eat yet. But then what are we doing? We're looking at ourselves. We're concerned with ourselves, not concerned with everybody else. How many times have we been stopped at the stoplight and seen the guy holding the sign that's wanting money? I'm not saying give him money. But if the Father tells you to, then you do it. If he, you're concerned with you being, well, I haven't even had, a, had lunch today. It's 7 o'clock. I'm ready to get home to get some dinner. 
Maybe that guy hasn't had dinner in three weeks. Maybe that right there, that dinner that he's wanting, could be the breakthrough that you need in your finances. Because you open your heart up and show that compassion, that same compassion that Jesus showed to us, unlocks things. It brings breakthrough. It brings the light into the darkness, which is what we're called to do. That's why I think right now you see so much where people, a lot of people don't want to come to church because they're afraid, well, I don't have dress pants. I don't have, I don't think nowhere in there have I ever read that Jesus stood at the front door and said, no, you got, you got, you got holes in your jeans. You can't come in here. No, he accepted because he's seen people where they were and where they were going. Where they were going, they needed to be where he was. That's what we're called to do. We're supposed to have the compassion, the heart to say, you know what? I'm going to help you through God. I'm going to let him work through me to show you what he can do for you. That where you're at now is not where you're staying. That where you're at now is not where you're supposed to be. That where you're at now is just the beginning. We don't go in a race. You don't go back to the to the starting line once that, that trigger is pulled. You continue to go to the finish. Your eyes are set to the finish. Well, our eyes are supposed to be set on him. And if our eyes are set on him, then we're going to walk exactly how he walked. We're going to show the same love that he had. And then the people are going to know who God is, what he's about, what he's trying to do for them. But we've lost that. That's why we look and we see our country, how it's, it's been divided. But this is the time where it's not trying to push something down people's throat. They need, to, they need to see the heart of the Father. They need to see the love. They need compassion showed to them. Not constantly criticizing, beating somebody down. That's not what he did. The sick came up and he was like, no, man, you're sneezing. Don't sneeze on me. That's not what he did. One of them said, you're healed. He reached out a hand and said, guess what? You can see. Not, well, where's my hand sanitizer at? That's not how we're supposed to be. Sometimes showing compassion means you got to get your hands dirty. It's not all standing up on a platform looking down and saying, well, God's raised me up and you're down there. I can tell you what to do, but I can't help you. That is not what he did. He, if anybody had the right to be able to say that and act that way, it was him, but he didn't. Yeah. He walked with the disciples. Yeah. He walked into the cities. He walked among the sick and healed them because he was concerned for their well-being more so than his, concerned where they needed to be than his. This is, that's something I'm really trying. I mean, I'm getting better at it. I ain't perfect. I mean, I know there's some times where I've been sitting in a stoplight and I'm, I've been one of those, look, man, I got like $5 in my wallet right now. Like, I'm just trying to get home. Like, I'm even thinking about just swinging by the gas station because I don't know if I'm going to make it because my stomach's going to eat itself. I'm just going to get me a hot pickle sauce at the gas station. Who said that? Those are delicious. But who's to say in that moment what, what I have prevented from happening?
Maybe that moment would have been that one light beam that he needed to see to take him out of that path that he was on and just show him the new path, show him the way he's supposed to be. But we get so caught up in ourselves that we're not paying attention to that. But if we're paying attention to ourselves, then we're not paying attention to him. So then we're not receiving on the level that we need to receive on. We're not going to receive the finances we need to receive. We're not going to receive the healing that we need to receive because we're too concerned with ourselves. You can turn to Ephesians 4.32. We've got, got a good bit of scripture here. Because when we read the scripture, that's when we listen to him. That's when he speaks to us. That way, when we go through the scripture, it's not my words you're hearing, it's his voice you're hearing. His word is alive. That's what ignites the stuff. That's what shows us the revelation is his word, not what I'm speaking in between the scriptures. It's what he's telling us. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. How many times have you had that one person that's at work that has just ticked you off? <laughs> I mean, I can't, well, I can say that still now because I'm my only employee and sometimes I tick myself <laughs> off. So I ain't got to worry about somebody jumping me on, around the corner. But even at, when I worked at, at Schultz, there was days, I mean, Jay could hear, I'd come home and for an hour, I just wanted to complain. Well, this person wouldn't do this, da, da, da. And what did I do is, did I show them how to fix it? No, I would just get mad and go do it myself. Well, is that, is that teaching them anything? Is that showing them how to do it? Is that showing them a heart? No, that's just showing them, you know what, you're not smart enough to do it, I'll do it myself. Instead of getting my hands dirty and saying, hey, you know what, let me teach you this way. That way, next time the problem comes up, I'm not having to do it by myself. Well, that's why we're a body. We're sitting here, receive the word together, so that we can grow together, we can have the understanding together, so then when those moments come up, we have accountability. I need some accountability. Jade is my witness. (laughs) I'm I'm a very blunt and straightforward person a lot, and sometimes she's like, you, you, Should you have said that? (laughs) There's sometimes that, you know, you probably should just. But I'm learning. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But I I got that from my mother. (laughs) And today my mom's here, so. (laughs) I mean, I just get it honest. But, and there's times where we don't need to try to sugarcoat stuff. I mean. There was times where compassion looks different. Sometimes, I mean, think about whenever he went in the temple. They weren't, they weren't moving exactly how it was supposed to be moved. It took a little bit of aggression. But it doesn't say only be kind when they're kind to you. 
they spit in his face. And he still got on the cross. They beat him. And see, a lot of times we think, well, they beat him, but he's still hung on the cross for me. No, he hung on the cross for the people that beat him. It wasn't just for you. It wasn't just for me. He hung on the cross for the people that spit in his face. People that laughed at him, that mocked him all the way through his ministry. Not just on that day, but all the way through. This is what we got to get better at. And I'm not saying that we can't, but that we got to get better at, that we will get better at, that we are going to get better at, because the more we dig into the word, the more it comes alive in us. So then the more that we start walking in the word, we start walking in his love, we start walking in the light that we're called to walk in, we start being the witnesses that we're called to be, we start being the disciples that we're called to be, and then the world sees the heart of the Father. Because when they looked at Jesus, what they seen, he never said or did anything that he didn't hear or see the Father do. So just, just let that sit. He didn't do or hear, he didn't say or do anything that he didn't see the Father say or do. So no matter where we're at, where we were at, God's heart was always to take us somewhere else, to pull us up, not to condemn us, look down on us, but to reach down and pull us up, to raise us up. This morning in prayer, if y'all, if y'all got to start coming to the morning prayer. I'm telling you, things break off. Things are revealed. Things are opened up. It's important. I don't care if you don't get a word while you're sitting here. If you're just sitting here, you will receive something. Colossians 3.12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. The key part of that is perfect bond of unity. Without love, we can't move the way we're called to move. Without compassion, we can't move the way we're called to move. Without kindness, humility, gentleness, put all those words there. We can't move the way the body's called to move. Because ultimately, the start of it has to start with the love. If you don't have the love in you, then you can't move in the, you can't move in the patience that, that he had. You can't move in the humility. You can't move in the compassion because your heart's not right. That's why it's, you hear pastor talk about all the time, it's a heart thing. Yeah. Our hearts have to be changed. Our hearts have to be opened. If our hearts aren't open, we can't receive what we're supposed to receive. And if we don't receive what we're supposed to see, we can't take it to them. So how are we going to show them compassion if we're not open and love our hearts to receive the compassion? I should have been, I'm, I'm telling you, when I say dead multiple times, I should have been. I was in a car wreck one night. Believe it or not, I used to skateboard. I told my mom we were going skateboarding, which wasn't a lot, we did. But then one of my friends had got a brand new car. We wanted to go for a test drive. 
was living in Concord, going down 601, we were running like 120. We took a left onto a road that connects 601 and Union Street. It's a really windy road. Comes up beside the food line on, on Union Street. We came out of the first turn, which is a hairpin turn. We were running 70, coming out the turn. Going back into another turn. As we were going up the hill, going through the turn, there's a little hump in the road. By then, we were running 95. We hit the hump, the car went airborne, we were sideways. We hit a ditch doing 95 on my side of the car. My, I was sitting in the front passenger seat, 95. Ripped the concrete out of the parking lot. Went end over end several times. My head smashed the windshield. Thank God I'm six foot four and I was in a little Acura Integra RSX because my knees broke the dash and went into the dash. That's what kept me from going through the windshield. We landed on the passenger side. I had to climb out. I couldn't stand up. I rolled all the way to the parking lot. There just happened to be, coincidence, really? No. The mercy of God. A woman that had a hair salon right there just happened to be working at 9 o'clock at night doing late night color for somebody. She was scared to come out the door. She thought I was dead. I didn't know who it was. I couldn't tell them who my mom was. Paramedics got there. They found a large knot on my head, which they didn't know that's been there since I was born. But <laughs> So they put me on the backboard, stretched everything. The lady called my mom. My, my friend had to give the lady my mom's number for her, her to be able to contact my mom and let her know what happened. My mom pulls up. It's like, I think, what, 10 o'clock at night at this point? As she's coming down the road for like a half mile, all she sees is pieces of car. She gets up, she sees a paramedic, ambulance is leaving. She can't find me. I was the one in the ambulance getting rushed out. The paramedic told her that if I wouldn't have been as tall as I was and the dash didn't break, that when my head hit the windshield, it would have went through the windshield and cut my head off. My hand was pinned outside the car the whole entire time, every time we flipped. I, I still have road in my hand. Where every time the car landed on my hand, and drug it down the road. But I still can, I didn't have any broke bones. I had pieces of gravel in my hand, but that was about it. CD scans, nothing came back. Everything was fine. Yes, I have a brain. I heard somebody <laughs> laugh. I thought somebody laughed. I was upset because they were cutting my Chuck Taylors off instead of untying them and taking them off. So through all that, I came out pretty much with some scratches on my hand. Tell me God didn't show me mercy that night. Was I where I needed to be? No. That time I was, which I'm older now, so my mom can't ground me or anything anymore. <laughs> but I was not, I was sneaky. I, I smoked pot. I was one of those kids. But God showed me mercy that night. It had been so easy for him to say, you know what, I've given him time after time after time to try to change things. Whatever. No, 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 no. That's not how he, that's not how he works. Yeah. Doesn't matter how bad you are, how dirty you are. His ultimate goal was to pick you up, polish you up, clean you up, and say, you know what? This is where you're supposed to go. Right, yeah. If you will just set your eyes on me, yeah. 
this is where you're supposed to go. That's the kind of compassion, the kind of mercy that we're supposed to have on everybody else. And no matter how much they spit in our face, I love you. It's not going to work. Because he loved me that much, I'm going to love you that much. That's where I've got to really get better at. I do a good job sometimes. Sometimes. But sometimes ain't all the time. That's the thing. It has to be all the time. When you look at the, the story of the Good Samaritan, the priest passed him by. One of those, well, I'm called to a better, higher place. You're too low for me. I'm just going to mind my own business over here. I'm concerned with getting where I'm going. Same thing. Then Samaritan goes by. What does he do? Puts him on his donkey. He's going to walk. Because he needs it more than I do. I know where I'm going, and I'm taking him with me. It's the end. Takes him to the end. Doesn't, doesn't just leave him there. It's got, hey, anything he needs, I'll give it. I'll pay for it when I come back through. That's how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to give. That's how we receive. But before we can receive, we have, to, we have to understand that giving is part of it. That's where we have to open our heart and have the compassion and say, you know what, you need this more than I do. Because I've got a God, a God that supplies every need that I have, and I'm going to introduce you to him. I'm going to introduce you to him by giving you everything that I have whether it's the words that I've received from him or it's the McDonald's Happy Meal that you need right now in this moment, I'm going to give you what I have to give you because that's what he did for me. He didn't look at me and say, well, that's just a, that's just a stoner kid skateboarding. That's up to no good. No. He said he needs me right now. Not five minutes from now. Not five minutes ago. He needs me right now. That's why we're given the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us. But how many of us are listening to what he says? I have missed it. I have not always listened and done what he's told me to do. And immediately after I missed it, I knew it. I knew it right then. Because he'll show you and he'll tell you, hey, you missed that opportunity right there. And I know sometimes we go out soul winning and we're sitting there, who does he want me to talk to? He wants you to talk to everybody. Well, I want him to show me. No, he is. You walk through Walmart, everybody you see, that's his will. That's who he wants you to talk to. It's not wait on the aisle. Nope, I'm waiting for this person. Now, he will show you sometimes, hey, this, there's a person in here with a red shirt on. He's got a ball cap, and he'll show you. But he's not going to do that every time. His ultimate goal is for everybody to know him and come into his kingdom. I've been one of those people that walks around, and I still do it sometimes. I'm in a hurry. I got stuff I got to do. Kids are at home. Jade's probably going crazy because kids are at home aggravating her. I got to hurry and get home and get this done so we can get dinner so they can get in the bed because they got school in the morning. And I make up excuses. But then what am I doing? I'm concerned with myself, and I'm not concerned with their needs. Their need is to come to know the Father so that he can show them exactly what he's shown me, so he can give them what he's given me, so then it's not just me and you up here. Then there's three of us. Then there's four of us. Then there's five of us. Then you have a county. Then you have a state. Then you have a country. 
proclaiming and showing, and then the world sees. That's what we're called to do. But it starts with our trip to Walmart, our trip to the gas station, or just walking out that door and somebody that's never been here before who thinks that they're not dressed properly to come in the doors, you walk them through the door. I didn't always, I was never really a button-up type person. Not my style, I was, I wore my V-neck t-shirts, my dicky shorts, skater shoes, tall black socks, flat bill hat. When we first came to Boomerang, what did I wear? Dicky shorts, V-neck shirt, skate shoes, high black socks. I took my hat off at the door because my mama told me to never wear a hat in church. But they didn't push me out the door. Pastor Brian met me at the door, welcomed me in. That right there started something. Because it wasn't like some churches. Something was different there. Because they were concerned with, they weren't concerned with where I was at. They were concerned to get me to where I needed to be. That's where, that's our job as a Christian. That's our ultimate job is to help get them to where they need to be. We can't make the decision for them, but we can walk the way we're called to walk so that we can be the light, so that we can show them the path that they're called to walk on and then help them, teach them, get them to where they need to be, get them through the church door so they can receive the word that they need to receive in the moment they need to receive it so God can be God in their life. Just like I needed him to be God the night that I was in the car wreck. It's like I needed him to be God when I fell off a roof. That's what we need. That's what we're supposed to do. How many of us really honestly, don't raise your hand. How many of us honestly can sit here and say that we've done that every time we've walked out of our house? So then we've got a lot to do. We've got a lot of work to change. We got a lot of stuff to improve, but it starts with listening to what he's telling us right now. Don't just necessarily listen with your ears. You need to open your heart. Listen with your heart. Let him fill your heart with his love, with his compassion, with his mercy. That way it overflows out of you to the next person. And then when she receives it, it flows to the next person, to the next person. That's how epidemics start. See, the, the devil will use sickness by starting with you, and then you cough, and then you get the cough, and then you get the cough, and you get. And so all he's done is copy something that God's already created and make it a lie. That's all he does. He just counterfeits stuff. Because God's, God's word says, out of overflow. Well, out of overflow, and it happens. Well, what ha- what's the difference between the two? One brings life, one brings death. We're called to bring life. He brought it to us. Now we're supposed to take it. We're supposed to go into the world, be the light in the world, be the salt. We can't do that by looking in the mirror. Because if I look in the mirror, all I'm doing is seeing every bit of blackheads I have in my nose. I'm I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing what Jay's doing. I'm not seeing what Jared's doing or where Will's at, what I can do to help them. I'm only seeing what I can do to help myself. Well, the best thing I can do to help myself is Help Jade, help Will, help Jared, help 
Joe on the corner over here that needs 50 cent to get gas to get around the corner. And see, I, I did that one time. I worked at a bar. I thought I was being a good person. See, this is why we're also always supposed to listen to him and follow his direction. Because sometimes we don't need to give that person money because they're not where they need to be. And I did that one night. I, was, I worked at a bar, bartending. It was the night before Easter. We had a homeless guy that stayed in our alleyway. Never wanted to just give him money. He always wanted to do something for us. So we let him take out all the trash, and then all the security guys, bartenders, we'd all give him like, you know, 10, 15 bucks a piece. So by the end of the night, taking out the trash, he made like a hundred something dollars. Well, that night, all the security had already taken the trash because it came up later. <clears throat> See him in the alleyway, I gave him a $20 bill. Get you something to eat in the morning. Go to, go to Bojangles, get you a, a warm biscuit. I didn't know who I was supposed to be. I wasn't walking the way I was supposed to walk. Well, what happened, I seen the next day, he got arrested. He took that $20 and found a crack rock. Now see, if I would have been walking the way I was supposed to walk and listen to how I'm supposed to listen, I would have heard the Holy Spirit say, don't do that. Go buy him the biscuit. But I didn't because I wasn't where I was supposed to be. So see how if we're not being where we're called to be, how we can miss it for other people? We don't. Every action that we have, it affects people. Just like every action that he performed, every miracle he performed, it affected everybody. Not just the person receiving it. Because then that person went and told this person, and that person told that person, that person told that person, the next thing you know, the whole city's coming. I gotta have what you got. Because he told me that he was dying. You spoke a word to him, and look at him running around the town. I am missing something. What do you have? That's what we're supposed to do. We can't bring them what we have if our heart's not right, if we're not walking in the compassion and love that we're called to walk in. Right. That's why compassion is not just a feeling. It's an action. I can sit here and say, I would love to help you. I just ain't got the time. Well, that's not putting your money where your mouth is. Right. That's not walking it out. First John 3.13 Do not be surprised, brethren, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. He who does not love abides in death. So that means if we're not carrying that love with us, then we're not who we think we are. Then obviously we don't know the Father like we think we do. Because if we know him, we're filled with love. We are walking in love. We are showing it. I have missed this right here. I'll go ahead and tell you, there's been some times I have gotten pretty ticked off at people, and you know what? I ain't going to speak to you for a while. I did that to my dad for years. But then one day, it hit me. 
am I any better than him if I act like him? I'm not. No matter what he did to me, he's still my, my dad. I still have to love him. I'm, if I don't, then I'm going against the word. I'm not going against the word. I know what happens when you go against it. I've seen people that's went against it. I've heard stories of people that's went against it. Did it, did it, was it the funnest thing to say, you know what, let bygones be bygones, I forgive you, let's not talk about it, let's move on forward? No, it was not. But I had to do it. Because for one, if I wouldn't have done it, I wouldn't be staying where I'm at now. Because to be able to go to where you're called to go, you have to do that. You have to put forth the action. You have to show it. You have to be what the word tells you to be. We can't go anywhere, and we can't take this county, we can't take the state or this nation anywhere if we can't even go to the person that done us wrong and say, I forgive you. We're not going to be able to. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than what you see in the mirror. It's bigger than the person sitting right next to you. It's bigger than Boomerang. It's bigger than Stanley County. It's bigger than North Carolina. Everything has to have a starting point. Starting points right here. Yep. This is a, a ministry that is moving how the word tells us to move. Right. We listen for the Holy Spirit and we move when he tells us to move. If he don't tell us to move, we stay put. Yeah. If he says, go to the Philippines, I, I can tell you, I did not know where money was coming from. But I know I was told to go. The pastor was told that I was supposed to go. So if we just put our hearts to trust him and do what he tells us, and understand that he's going to give us everything that we need, then he'll give it to us. So the pastor told me, you start believing for, for the finances. I had done a job a few months before and had a guy give me a boat. Give me a boat on top of paying for me for the job. I ain't never had a boat. I was really excited about my boat. I was ready to put my boat in the water. I just went and got my stickers and everything for it. It was already set up for catfishing. Had lights all the way around it. New CD player, new carpet custom cover, everything on it. I was excited. Like, gave me the trailer, everything, had a, had a multi-year tag on it. I was good to go. All I needed to do was put gas in it, put it in the water. And then I was pulling out the driveway one day, and I pulled out the back of the driveway, and he was like, it's a, it's a nice boat you got there. We're called to be fishers of men, right? What better way to get rid of that nice fishing boat you just got? Did not want to hear that. Couldn't tell you. Scarlett did not want to hear that. She was ready to take the boat on the water. She was not happy. But by listening and being obedient and understanding what he was doing, that it's bigger than me, I did it. I listened for what he told me to sell the boat for. That day I put it online. 30 minutes later, I had a guy come to my house, had cash in his hand. The amount that I, I received was exactly what I needed for my plane, hotel, food, souvenirs to bring home to Jade and the kids. Then I get over there and I was just going, I just thought I was going to help faster. But he had something bigger in plan. Because then I got over there and I found out I was going to be the first person speaking at the conference. I had never spoke outside of the youth. 
and there's a thousand people there that don't speak English. I'm literally twice their size. I'm like, and I found this out not on the way there. I found this out there, but I had to trust him. I had to put forward the action to do what he's called me to do. And by doing that and being obedient, I allowed him to move the way he wants to move in each one of our lives. So I mean, I was like, well, this first, I can get through this. Got through that morning, then I found out, oh, we we're gonna speak again. I was like, one was good. Hold on now, too. I, I ain't got no more. I ain't got no more, you know, stuff with me. And Pastor was like, we're well, supposed to be ready in season, out of season. I was like, just trust me, I'll give it to you. He woke me up at three o'clock that morning, and gave me exactly what I needed to speak. Was there? I think me and Pastor got there at eight that morning, and I was speaking again. The first first one to speak again. Mike and everything was not working that day. I did not have the best translator. I actually had the translator that did not really know that much English. So then I was really nervous. Pastor's trying to fix my mic while I'm standing there and I've got like a thousand people. Just. So in that moment, I wanted to quit. But God showed mercy on me in that moment because I was doing what he's asked me to do. I was being obedient. First part of the message was not going how I wanted to. And then I heard him just say, stop. Wait on me. You're trying to do it yourself. You're concerned with yourself up here. You're concerned with what you're looking like right now because the only thing that's going through your head is I look like a dummy. I'm a six foot tall dummy over here. But once I stopped and I put my concerns to the side, you know, as a pastor, that's when the message changed. I was speaking stuff I didn't have no clue. I didn't, I've never done them before in my life because pastor even said afterwards, he's like, I don't know where he's going with that. He's like, I was sitting there going, this has got to be Holy Spirit because I don't think he knows what he's talking about because I can see the look on your face. And then <laughs> about five minutes in, he gave me a word, and I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> and then it was like you've seen the whole, everybody, everybody's hearts changed. They started receiving. But I had to trust him that what he was telling me to do was what I needed to do. I had to be obedient, just like we have to be obedient to what we're called to do. We're called to be compassionate people. We're called to be a people full of love. We're called to be a people that take his love into the world. That's when, when we do that, when we're obedient like that, then he moves. He's always wanting to move, but we stop him. Whether it's a hard heart, ears that's not, just not wanting to hear what he's wanting to hear, or being one of those stubborn people, I will not forgive them. They just don't understand. I am busy this week. He's bigger than you. So who do we think we are to get in his way? We're supposed to be obedient. Just like your kids, you ask your kids to do something, you expect them to do it. Same thing, he's telling us what to do. When we don't do it, he's sitting there, he's like, man, if they would just listen to me. He's over here worried that he's only got $10 left in his account and this is due and this is due. But if he would just listen to what I've already told him, the instructions I've already laid out for him, that bill is already taken care of. But he's too concerned with his bank account instead of looking at my bank account, instead of looking at where I'm calling to go. We know love by this, that he laid down his own life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need 
and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed. That's not talking about it, but that's doing it. In truth, that means, like I was saying earlier, you're hungry, you got something, he needs it, no. and the Holy Spirit tells you, you give it to him. Because what you might have that pickled sausage at the gas station, and you're obedient giving him that money for that pickled sausage, you might have a fat ribeye sitting on the table at home. And you miss it because you're not being obedient. I have done that. I know I have. I've had jobs where I'm just, I don't want to do that. That's not really my specialty. Turn it down and I'm like, two weeks later, so I get the same job, you know, whatever, I got to do it. I need the money. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It was actually really simple. I could have made twice as more if I had took the original one. But I wasn't being obedient. I wasn't listening, so I wasn't receiving. If we're obedient and we do what he's asked, not only when we're given to them, we're receiving at the same time. It's like right now, I'm told, I told you at the beginning, this is for me too. I'm receiving right now like he is working on me hard. He has shown me a lot of areas that I have missed it in. And I thought I was doing good. I thought I, where I'd been and where I'm at now, I was like, man, I am rolling. Nope. Nope. I ain't even tiptoed into the shallow end yet. He's bigger than us. It's bigger than what we see. It's a worldwide thing. It's not just in our homes or in our bank accounts. It's in our neighbor's bank account. Sometimes we get called up with, well, I, when uh, uh, Pastor Tracy Harris was here, but you know what? He's got his own plane. He don't need none of my money. That's not doing what we're called to do. Right. We're looking with our physical eyes and not looking the big picture. Because maybe what we need to do is when we sow that money and we sow our heart with that money, that could be a thousand souls off of five dollars. And we sit there and we go, well, that hurricane happened and Joel Osteen, he only gave this. Well, we're not supposed to be boastful about what we give, are we? So how do you know that he didn't do three times the amount that you've seen? It says don't let the, don't let the hands see what the other one's doing, right? Well, because then guess what? When we do it and we're promoting it, are we really showing the love? No, we're showing ourselves. Once again, we're showing our concern. I've got a big church. <sighs> nope. No, you don't. You ain't got nothing. You'll never get to where you need to be thinking like that. We'll never get where we need to be looking down at something and saying, you know what, it's not worth my time. I need to do this. I, I. That is pride. Pride will not get you anywhere. It won't. It tells you all the way through that book. Pride's not of God. Humility, on the other hand, that is. We just read that. Compassion, tenderness, humility. That's what we're supposed to do. We can't walk in any of that if we don't have a heart change. If we don't change and do what we're called to do.
It's not just a feeling, it's an action. It's a call to action. And then we say, I'd love to help, but I just don't have the money. Well, where's your faith at? What's stopping you from having that money? Maybe you need more faith. Maybe you should have been here this morning and received what was being prayed out, supernatural faith. Finances rising, healing rising. Be where you're called to be. In the moments that you're called to be in. I know this morning the joy hit. Then there was peace that came over. I got up here and I felt like, no, that's not, the joy's not over. Well, see, the joy is our strength. It says he sits on the throne and laughs. Well, what happens? We get anxiety on us. We're, we're called to be peaceful people, right? Walk in peace, love. Well, then a doctor visit goes wrong. There's not that much peace there anymore, right? Then bank account's getting kind of low starts going down but then this morning no joy breaks that when you laugh your body vibrates when you get one of those good laughs and your belly starts bouncing around I've got a good belly so it starts jiggling didn't used to but it jiggles now things break off that anxiety starts falling off the the sickness starts falling off well, when you purpose yourself to step into that joy it's not just you that the stuff's breaking off of. It's other people. When you look at comedians, it's, I was saying this this morning, felt like he, was, he pointed it out to me. Comedians, they always talk, hear comedians, they have depression issues. What's, what did I say a while ago? What's his biggest tactic? Deception. He takes something that God's established to bring life, and he tries to put some darkness into it. He tries to counterfeit it. Most, most big known comedians suffer with depression. What is the one thing that they need? Laughter, the joy. So what's he do? Well, that, he tries to tell them, well, that's not for you. But if he, they would just stop and listen and receive what they're speaking, it could be some breakthrough for them. Just like this. If we would stop what we're doing, receive what's being said, receive what's being prayed out, we wouldn't be where we're at. We wouldn't walk the way we walk. We would, we would constantly be increasing, like Barrett was praying out this morning, on the bunny slopes. You can't go from bunny slopes to the black diamonds if you don't listen and follow the instructions because your skill level is not going to be ready for it. You can't sow $1,000 if your faith ain't there. Well, where does your faith grow? By listening to the word, by understanding it, digging into it, changing your heart, receiving what he's calling you to receive, opening up, doing what he's called you to do, giving to somebody when they need it, even though you might need it at that moment, we're called to give it. We don't supply for ourselves. He supplies us. If I get a job, it's not because I got the job. It's because he gave me the job. So when I go and I have a job on the way there, I thank him for my business. I thank him for the job, whether it's a job that pays me $50 or if it's a job that pays me $1,000. Why? Because it's getting me to where he's calling me to be, no matter what the bank account says, no matter what the check says that they sign and put their name on it and put my name on it, that's not the amount that I'm receiving. I'm receiving something bigger. It's just a stepping stone getting me where he's calling me. 
Because if he can't trust me with fifty dollars, he ain't gonna trust me with a thousand. If he can't trust me with a thousand, he's not gonna trust me with a hundred thousand. He's not gonna trust me with a million. But it starts with being obedient and doing the simple things that he calls us to do. If we can't give somebody five dollars that needs it, then we're not gonna receive what we need because we're concerned with ourselves. We're walking in pride. Our concerns are over their concerns. He had every right to say, I've done enough. I've healed you. I've brought you life. I don't need to go on the cross. Man, what else do you want me to do? I've had a bad week. My friend's got his head cut off. I've been sitting around with these 12 guys that won't listen to anything that I got to say. So what else do I, why else should I keep going? Because he knew where we were supposed to be. Where we are is not where we were supposed to be. Where they're at is not where they're supposed to be at. Where we are is not where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be going up and up and up. Our faith starts here. Our faith builds. It builds. It builds to the point where my faith is enough for you to get out of where you got, where you're at, to get to where I'm at. And then your faith might be bigger than mine to get me to the next level to get you to the next level. But it starts with sitting under the word, listening to what we're called to do, changing our heart, doing what we're called to do, being obedient, listening, and paying attention. You know, it's my mom. I was never that great at listening. I was hard at it. I still am. Pastors had to talk to me sometimes, like, look, I've been, we've done spoke about this like three times. <laughs> when are you going to get it? Hopefully now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm receiving it right now. That's why when he told me this, I was like, man, why am I? I even called my mom. I was like, told me this. I was like, why am I? I was, this is not, this ain't, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing here. I have no clue what he's trying to do. But I was obedient and did what he told me to do, and I'm receiving a lot. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Even when we don't think we deserve it, he gives it to us. When we don't think we're good enough, he says we are. So when we look at those people and they don't think they're good enough, we need to show them that they are. That where they are at is not where they're staying. They're going somewhere bigger. They're going somewhere better. They're not always going to be scrounging, counting quarters to be able to get gas to go to work. They're going to be the ones giving money to somebody to get gas to go to work. But it starts with that. It's time that we start acting like Christians. Christians, is, we're supposed to be Christ-like. Or we're not being Christ-like if we're not showing the compassion, if we're not showing the love. If they're not seeing the love in us that they've seen in Jesus, because when they see, look at him, they've seen the love of the Father. If they're not seeing that in us, then we're not, we're not really... We're not really being that, are we? So then we're just trying to put a title on something that trying to trying to make poop look like gold. I I'm not gold. But you know what? He's given us a way because he showed us mercy. He's shown us the compassion and gave us a way out of it. He's like, man, if you just do what I've asked you to do, if you just do like me, walk like me. Talk like me, 
give like me, then I, I can, you can be the Solomon. Or when people come in, it takes their breath away when they look at you and see that everything that God's done for you, and they go, wow, what a great God. He has kept this man alive three times. He has taken somebody who was a bartender, who drank just as much as he served, and got in a car and drove home, and taken him from there, now he's standing in front of a church. But that ain't where it's stopping. This ain't where I'm just supposed to be. There's other places that he's taken me to. But we have to, we have to be obedient in the small things to get to the big things. We have to look with kingdom eyes. Because when I was a bartender and I looked in the mirror, I did not see that. If you'd have told me 2007 that I'd have been standing in front of a church, I'd have laughed. It would not have been the joy of the Lord <laughs> that laughed at you. It had been something else. I beat people up. I got paid to beat people up. Just like Paul. Well, persecuted the church. God showed him mercy and said, I can use you. You know why? Because you've been in the dirt. People seen you in the dirt. I can show them where I can take them. That's what he did. It took some people praying for me. My mama prayed for me every day. But she knew when I was a little younger and I got called, she knew I was supposed to. She told me that whenever I was born, she knew that I was called to be, some, no offense to my sister, but I was called to be something bigger. I ran from it. But praying every day for me, knowing that if you're called to something, God's going to bring you to it. No matter how fast you run, he's faster. No matter how much you fight, he's stronger. I thought I was strong. I was strong. I still am strong. William. But he's bigger. We all have a purpose. How we, where we're supposed to be depends on us. Giving us the decision. The more obedient we are, the faster we get there. The more we try to fight it, the longer it's going to take us to get there. You want to be a millionaire? The more you just have that dollar faith, it's going to take you a longer time to get to that million dollars. Yep. But if you start now and start applying the faith, I, I get up in the morning, I am a millionaire. I am the head, never the tell. I'm the lender, not the borrower. You start speaking that word that is living, and guess what? That faith starts coming up. Well, then all of a sudden, your offering goes from giving the change in my pocket to $2 to $5 to 20 to 100, 200, 1,000. Guess what? 30, 60, 90, right? Do the math. Start applying your faith. Because faith without action is dead, right? You can sit there and say, I'm praying for faith. Well, then if you don't ever do it, you're not going to get it. You can say you have faith, but if you don't get out there and do it, you don't have faith. I heard Pastor Tracy say whenever I was in Houston, and this was, it was like a light bulb went off on my head. He's like, when you're sitting there and you get your bills in, you might not have the money then. He goes, but go ahead and write the check. Put the date on the check. Stick it on the refrigerator. Every time you open the refrigerator, look at that check. That bill is paid. The finances will come in. 
Because for every day that month you've applied your faith to it, it's going to be there. Now, it might not come the way you want it to. It might not just immediately appear in your bank account, but he'll show you how to get it. It might be, hey, I know Saturday is your day off, but this person over here needs something. They'll pay you that $150 for that bill. This is the way to do it. And while you're there, you can show them my love. I've done that. It works. Not writing the check, but I've done that. I've went and done something on a day that I didn't want to work. And it, it led to something. It led to me walking to a neighbor's house with the person I was at, who was sick, being able to pray through them through the door because she was afraid to open the door she was going to get me sick. I told her, I wasn't worried about that. I don't, I don't get sick. I don't walk in that. That's not what we're called to walk in. But I was like, that makes you feel good? Then put your hand on the glass. We're going to pray through the glass. Next day, me and Jay went to Hardy's. She had pneumonia. She's 80 years old. Didn't want to give her antibiotics because said it would do more damage than anything. Went to Hardy's the next day. Her and her husband walked in. She was afraid to open the door because she was going to get me sick. The next day, she's at Hardy's eating lunch. Because I did a small job that some would have said, it's not worth your time. But I was obedient and went where I was supposed to be and brought something to somebody that needed it in that moment. That's what we're supposed to do. That is taking our concerns and putting them to the side, putting his concern for the world first. And then by doing that, the lady that I went to started coming here. Her family started coming here. So in one act, it affected multiple people. That's what happens when we put that heart on, when we put his concerns above our concerns. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's how they know who he is. When we put the concerns of other people first, then that's when they go, this is a person that knows who, who God is. This is a person that's walking the way God's called us to walk. This is a person who doesn't know who, what pride is. This is a person who has a tender heart. This is a person that walks in compassion. This is a person that gives when they might not have it to give. But their faith is big enough to know that even if it isn't there, they don't have it to give, they give it anyway because they know God's going to give them what they need. And he's going to give it bigger. He's not going to give you exactly. If I, if I got $5 in my wallet, you ask for $5, I give you $5. I'm not believing I'm getting $5. I'm getting more because he's a God of abundance. So he's not going to let you outdo him. That ain't going to happen. That's why Christmas, ain't nobody ever going to top that Christmas gift. He said, I'll go ahead and tell you what, I'm going to set the bar high. I'm going to give my son to you, to Paul, who's persecuting the church, to me, who is getting people drunk to Joe down the street who's got a crack pipe. 
because his heart for us is bigger than what we could ever imagine. His compassion for us was bigger than what we could, we, we, would, we can never think of, we can try to comprehend it and understand it, but we never will. And I can tell you right now, I love God, but if he told me I had to give my son, mm. I don't know, we're going we're gonna to have to sit down, we're going to talk. And I'll let you know right there where you stand. That's hard. Think about that. What kind of compassion is that? He said, I love you so much that I'm going to give you him. You don't deserve it, but you know what? There's something, something inside of you that's going to affect that one. It's going to affect that one. So this one is going to turn into millions, billions, trillions because of one act. And he said, you know what? I'm going to do it, and nobody's ever going to top it. That's compassion. That's the kind of love we're supposed to have. That we give everything we have to take the person that's there and show them where they're supposed to be. To reach your hand down and get dirty and say, you know what? You might not believe this, but I'm going to show you. We have to ask for that love. To show us. To teach us. It's right here. Right there. I didn't deserve it. I still don't deserve it. He's given me things that I never thought I'd have. Never thought I'd be a business owner. I never thought I was going to have a wife. Let alone kids. But he's given me things that I didn't know that I needed. Because he's seen where I was at, but he also seen where I was supposed to be. And to get here, I needed her prayers. I needed her. I needed my daughter. I needed my son. I needed this church. I needed my pastors. I needed that word. I needed him to be there that day that I was in the car wreck. I needed him to be there with me when I was driving drunk down the interstate. I needed him to be there for me when I fell off a roof. Did not deserve it any of those times. But he wasn't concerned with that. He was concerned with the bigger picture. got to open our hearts. We have to listen. We have to be obedient. I know this is different than Pastor Brian. 
Sometimes the pastor gets loud. I haven't really got loud. So now that I say that, he probably will get me loud. Sometimes we just got to stop. There's so much going on that we forget to listen to him. We forget to put his concern above ours. We get such a rush. Holiday season, perfect example. You go, who went to Walmart the day before Christmas? I did. That was a mistake. Go ahead and tell you. I didn't see the love of God in that place. <laughs> and I'll be honest, it probably wasn't showing to me either. I was like, just get me out of the store. Like, what am I doing? But think about it. In that, in that chaos that's going on, if we were to be obedient to exactly what that says, how much of that chaos would stop? How much of the selflessness would stop? The pride, the worry about that's example, jingle all the way. Jade does not like this movie. It gives her anxiety because there's one toy left. Two guys are fighting over it, chasing each other through the city, beating each other up over the one. Ain't concerned a bit with each other. They just got their eyes on one thing, and they're missing everything that's going on around. Time that he could be spending with his son at the parade that day. He's fighting for a toy. That's how we've been. We're so concerned on this that we're fighting with each other and not paying attention to what's, what's bigger what we're missing, who we're missing. That's a big one, who we're missing. And that moment, that mad dash, I'm looking at that right there. I don't see this person over here who's walking with the cane that needs healing. I'm not seeing the cashier that's had a stressful day. She's been at work 12 hours that day. All these people have been yelling at her all day. I don't see the look on her face that says, hey, my God will bring you peace. He'll take that anxiety away. He'll take all that pressure away. I'm not seeing that. I'm looking at the stuff going down the conveyor belt, getting rung up, looking at the mount, paying, and getting out the door. Missed it. He put his concerns away that day. He wanted to be by himself, left to go be by himself. He put his concern to the side because he seen the people that they needed something. Their needs were bigger than his. Because their needs being met was going to have such a bigger impact than him sitting there for that day by himself. Had a bigger impact on the world. I'm not done a good job. But I'm, I'm getting better. I'm not staying where I'm at. He's taking me somewhere. He's showing me things. He's showing me how to fix the problems. He's showing me the issues that I have <laughs> that are stopping me from getting to where I need to be. That's what he does when we come in here on Sunday and we sit down. He's showing us the examples. He's showing us the spots that we're missing it to improve to get you to the next spot. He's showing you how to walk in complete health. He's showing you how to walk 
and finances that overflow onto everybody that comes around you. He's showing you how to walk that way, but we're just not listening, we're not paying attention, we're not being obedient, we're getting distracted. We're getting distracted with our stomachs growling because it's lunchtime. Or we're getting distracted with, oh, they're talking about finances again. They just knew. They only knew the pile of debt that I had up and they're asking me to give $2. If your debt's that high, is $2 going to break it? Maybe that $2 is the one that's going to break your debt. Talked about, I think I'm sitting where Ms. Presley's sitting. Right after I started the business, I had $500 in my business account. No, I think it was $700, that's what it was. And I was sitting there, and we was having one of those services, and Patrick kept talking about finances, and I was like, mm, mm, I don't really, mm. For 45 minutes, I argued, because I heard him saying, I want you to give 500 bucks out of your business. <laughs> I've only got 700 in there. <laughs> kind of got some business insurance, truck insurance, and all this stuff's going to come out. I don't know. I can't do that. 45 minutes to argue with him. Like, I did the whole, that's not me. You're talking, that's another Paul in here somewhere. And then I heard him, how do you expect to build your house? You're not concerned about my house. I had put my concerns above his concerns. I was looking at it with physical eyes, not looking at it with spiritual eyes. So in that moment, thank God I've been set under the teaching that I have, and understand that when you hear that, you move, you don't wait. So I got up, walked out in my truck, came with my checkbook, came in, wrote it, and I was like, you know what? Something's coming. We had victory nights, I think it was in Troy, or no, it was in Norwood. Pastor had asked me the week before if I would sow my time each time we had a victory night to help set up all that, and I told him I would. So we had that service next week. That was that Sunday, the next Saturday we was doing the Norwood. Sowed that Sunday, had already made a commitment to sow my time now I've sold my finances from the business. I've sold my time of the business into his business. That Monday, I had a phone call come in. It was one job. That was my $500 back. Same day, I had another job come in. Well, I doubled it. And another one. By the end of the week, before the victory nights, in that one week, I had eight jobs come through. Because I, even though I was arguing, he had mercy. I was arguing with him. But he showed me mercy because he knew where I was supposed to go. And he knew what I needed to do to get me there. So he kept pushing and pushing and pushing. See, sometimes we get that push, then that's when our heart's hardening. You just leave me alone. You don't know what week I've had. You don't understand. I'm starving right now. I just want him to shut up. He'll keep pushing it because he's got a purpose. So he kept pushing. Yeah. And when he did it, it was the breakthrough I needed in the business. Yeah. It was the door that opened up everything. The door that opened the flow to come in. Yeah. That allowed me to go to somebody's house and minister to the neighbor. 
that opened the door to allow me through the business to get a boat given to me that would pay for my trip to go to the Philippines where I think at the end of the week, me and Pastor Callan, I think it was almost a thousand souls that were committed that week. But it all started with me sitting in that chair, being obedient to what he was telling me. And even though I was arguing with him, he showed me mercy because he kept going, kept going. So sometimes mercy ain't what we think it is. Sometimes it's just that nudge. Listen to me. If you don't listen to me, just like your kids sometimes, you just want to grab them. I said, if you would just listen, you can have a snack later. But you won't stop talking. That's what he was doing that day. If you would just shut up and listen to what I got to say. And trust me. Have faith that my word is true. And when I finally did, it opened up the door. It allowed me to get me where I am today. This today is opening up the doors to get me to where I need to go next year or the year after that. But it starts with the mercy that he's shown us and listening to him. Letting, looking with your spiritual eyes and seeing where he's showing it to you. Because sometimes if you don't, you're not looking, you're not paying attention, you just think, oh, I did that on my own. Well, that's right. You ain't done nothing on your own. Every good and perfect gift. That meal you ate, gas you got in your car, you got you to church. Having a vehicle, it gave somebody the idea. Because he had mercy on us, because our feet were getting tired. We're walking. He said, I'm going to give somebody an idea to build a car. So then that way they can get there faster. Now they can go multiple places on Sundays. They can go to multiple places during the week. So you don't think about that. Sometimes we don't think about that. We don't think about the little areas that he showed us mercy. He could have said, I ain't giving them nothing. They're going to walk. They're going to earn that blessing I'm giving them. Nope. Didn't do that. Gave us a better way. Easier way. Easiest way that he gave us. Simple. You know what's even simple about it? Even the toddlers can get it. The super kids can get it. The youth get it. There are youth that when you sit down and you talk to them, go ahead and tell you, when I was that age, I was done with a box of rocks. (laughs) I thought I knew something. I did not know nothing. So if you would have put me at that age beside them, I'd look like the kid on the window, on the bus looking at the window, like Pastor said before. Because they, they're receiving it. They're listening with their heart. They're giving their heart to the word and letting the word change their hearts. When we go out and take them soul winning, there are some that are literally running through Walmart chasing people down. Sometimes we got to pray that she doesn't tackle them. Because if so, then they're going to need some healing too. But it's because they listen the way we're supposed to listen. They're getting it on a different level than we are. They're going in with no bias. They're understanding this is true. If it says it, I have it. So I'm not going to walk in the lack that I see some people walk in. Because I learned at six years old in Super Kids, 
that I'm not supposed to be sick. That his stripes, by his stripes, I'm healed. That according to Deuteronomy 28, I ain't supposed to be broke. I'm supposed to be a lender. I'm supposed to be giving people money, not asking for it. I'm not supposed to be the little grunt worker. I'm supposed to be the supervisor. I'm the head, never the tail. I'm above and never beneath. I'm blessed going in, blessed coming out. They're getting that at six years old. We've heard, I've heard of super kids praying for, praying for people and receiving healing. A six-year-old, seven-year-old can do it. Why, at 34 years old, do I have a problem with it? My little girl will take her own toys and wrap them up. She was trying to give stuff to her teacher. That is her stuff to give to her teacher because she wanted to give her teacher something. How many of us have taken something of ours and saying, you know what, this person could use it a lot more than I could? We're not. We're not doing it all the time. Yeah, sometimes we do it. We're supposed to do it all the time. It tells us. That's what we were just talking about. When those thoughts come up, we have to take those thoughts captive. As soon as they come in our mind, that's not of God. It's got to go. Get out. You don't belong here. Because if you don't, then it'll sit there. And then you're going to hold on to every little thing you got. I don't know. I don't want to go nowhere. That might be my last $5. Something's telling me that I'm going to need that $5 Friday. No. You give that $5, you're going to have 30 Friday. You're going to have 100 Friday. So we've got to put on his love. Put on his compassion, put on his mercy that he had on us, and show that to his people. It's not just us that are his people. Everybody you walk into and you talk to at Walmart, the gas station, at your job, whether they're cussing like a sailor, they're his. He wants them. But they won't know him until that love of his abides in you. So we're about to go into a new year. And this is something I'm putting on me. 2020 is going to be a year that I've shown more compassion than I ever have in my life. I'm going to show more love in 2020 than I've ever shown. Because I know if I do that, that nothing here is going to stay the same. Because his love is victory, right? He takes us from victory to victory. Well, it starts with putting love on. So I know I'm a victorious person. He died for me. He gave me everything I needed. So now I'm going to take that need to everybody that I come in contact with. Whether they hate me or not, I'm going to put on the love and say, you know what? I love you. I'm going to pray for you. I don't want you to pray. Well, I'm going to pray for you anyways because I love you more than what that problem is. I'm going to give you what I got because what you need is bigger than what I need. 
because I want you to get where I am, and I want to take you with me and show you where we're supposed to go, show you that there's a better place than where we're at right now, show you that your bank account is not supposed to be broke, show you that you're not supposed to be walking around coughing, that you're not supposed to be laid up in a hospital bed, that you're not supposed to be working a dead-end job. You're bigger than that. You're called to bigger than that. But if you don't realize that, you don't put this into play, and I don't do my part, then you're, they're never going to know it. They're stuck in a dark spot that has no light in it. We're called to be the light. We have to be the light by putting on the love, putting it on us, and walking it out. So 2020 is going to be a year that I'm putting on more than I ever have in my life. It's, it, is it going to be easy? I'll go ahead and tell you, it's not. Well, sometimes I have a temper, and sometimes I can't control it. But it's not up to me to control it, it's up to him. I give it to him. That's where I got to take my thoughts captive. Yep. It's my responsibility. When I start getting frustrated at a job, I'm supposed to stop what I'm doing and start praying to the Holy Spirit. Because he gives us everything we need, he gives us every answer, gives us the guidance. That's why we were given the Holy Spirit. So when those moments come where you don't feel like putting on love, pray right then. Start praying. Because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're praying on the mystery. You're not just praying for yourself, but you're praying for something that they need to. You might be a thousand miles away from somebody that you've never met in your life, but you might be praying something right then that that person needs right in that moment. Because maybe they're the kid in the car that's having a wreck right now, and they need God to show up right then. But you've got to put on his love. You gotta understand how he works. You gotta know how he works and purpose yourself. I've got to purpose myself that in those moments, I show it, I put it on. I don't just show it as a feeling, I put actions behind it, I walk it out. In deed and truth. And I guarantee you that if everybody in this room right now does the same exact thing. Albemarle will not be the same next year. It will not be the same by the time summertime gets there. Because you got a group of believers right here that know his word's true and start living it out. Think about it. If all of us come in contact with just one person a day, and that affects that one person, well, that person now, there's two of us affecting somebody the next day. So now that's four. Boom, boom. Guess what? Six months' time, Albemarle's not that big. Albemarle's changing. Norwood's changing, Troy's changing, Richfield's changing, New London's changing, Charlotte's changing, Concord's changing. Things happen. It's bigger than here. We got to start looking with spiritual eyes and purpose ourselves to put it on. And when we do, things shake. Things change. But it starts with us. It starts with purpose in ourselves. So I want to challenge each and every one of y'all, along with myself, big time here, need it bad, that this is going to be the year that we've loved like never before. We're going to sow it so much that every time somebody sees Jared, they go, that's one of those guys from Boomerang, that guy makes me so mad, but every time, I, every time he sees me, he's telling me he loves me. I don't know why, I done spit at this guy, and he's still telling me he loves me. Eventually, guess what's going to happen? I want to know what he's I want to see where he's going. What, what's he understand? What's he know that I don't know? Things are happening. Jade's seen in her work. 
She does a better job at this than I do. Honestly, she probably could have preached this better than I could. She's got more compassion than I do. But that's why he gave me Jade. That's why I said he gave me everything I needed. He gave me somebody that could teach me things that I didn't know, that I'm not good at. It's like she turns around and she gets in front of people. She don't have boldness. I got some boldness. Well, she needed that. He puts you around the people that need what you got and you need what they got. There's a purpose for all of us sitting right here in this moment, receiving what we're receiving right now. Because if we all do it, what he's telling us, because he's not just working on my heart, then we're going somewhere. This community's going somewhere. The state's going somewhere. The nation's going to change. How many of us have prayed for our president? I haven't done it that much. We need to. Is he right in everything? Nope. None of us are. But God showed us mercy. So let's show him some mercy. Let's lift him up. Let's pray for him. You know why? He's over this nation. It's our job to take control of what we're supposed to take control of. It starts with praying for our leaders. Pastor Brian, Pastor Nicole, the other ministers in this area. Because when we pray for them and they get lifted up and they start, and guess what? Now it's not just boomerang that's moving. You got other ministries moving at the same time. Things start happening faster. Things start coming up faster. That's how nations get shaken. Why do you think some of these ministers that you hear about? Like Dr. Rodney, he goes from city to city to city to city. Why? God's given him a purpose. God's given Boomerang a purpose. That's why pastor's been going out of the country lately, going to different places. God's given him a purpose. It's not just us. It's bigger. But we, have to, we have to understand that. So let's put on the love in 2020. Love, like, let 2020 be the year of love, to where people know who we are. There's a lyric in one of Kanye's songs, Christians would be the first one to judge you. Let's change that. Let's, uh, let's change that to where Christians are the first one to love me, the first one to hug me, the first one to pray for me, to give to me, to help me, to show me, to teach me. That's what we should be, that's what they should be saying. So Father, we just thank you. Father, we thank you for the revelation that you've given us today, Father. I thank you for the word that you have administered to us. I thank you for the hearts that have received it. I thank you for the actions that are coming with it. That compassion is not just a feeling, it is an action that we will take forward and move and be obedient and do what you've called us to do. We thank you. We thank you for the mercy and the compassion that you've had on us, Father, that you gave us your son when we didn't deserve it. And we still don't, but you still pour out your love for us. Father, I just ask that you give us that heart. You give us the heart to love when they don't think they deserve it. You give us the heart to give when we may not have it. But it's coming because we trust you. We thank you. Soto Boyechata, yes or not to Loyechata, yes or not to Boyechata. Let Let boomerang 
be a church that loves like no other. Let Boomerang show the love that you have for us to this community. Let 2020 be a year that we love no, more than we ever have. Let 2020 be the year that this community sees the love of you through us because of our obedience. We thank you for the movement that's going to happen in this community. We receive it right now. We apply our faith right now like your word tells us to. We receive your love, Father. We thank you. We will not just keep it for ourselves. We will put our concerns for ourselves to the side and put the concerns of others first. Just the way that Jesus did. When he done more than anyone ever has, but we didn't deserve it, but he still put our concerns above him. He went above and beyond. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for the gift that you gave us. And we're not just going to hold on to that gift. We're going to take that gift into the world. We're going to take that love into the community. But they're going to know when they see us that we are people after your heart. Father, I pray that you give us strength in those moments when it might be tough to love. That you give us the strength to push through and show it anyways. That we put down our feelings and put yours on. That you are bigger than us. And we thank you for it. We thank you for everything that you have given us, and we will give it back. Your kingdom first, Father. That's what we're doing. 2020 is going to be a year of love like no other. I just want y'all to repeat after me. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. And Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. You died for me when I didn't deserve it. You shown compassion to me when I didn't need it or I didn't deserve it. You put me first. When you died for me, for my sin and mess, and when God raised you up, he raised me up with you. I'm seated in heavenly places. My sin is no more. My faults are no more. I walk in your love. And Father, I just ask you, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
and I thank you for it. I praise you for it. And I give you all the glory. Amen.